0: Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you for joining me today. So for those of you who have liked my Facebook page, Shiragura Gura, The Stuck Method, you will have heard about the exciting news I posted about earlier last week when I opened up iTunes on my computer to leave a review for a podcast that I listen to and that I love. And while I was there... I was looking under the What's Hot category, and lo and behold, I saw the Getting Unstuck podcast listed. I was like, Whoa! (laughs) And I quickly took a screenshot of it and I pasted it on Facebook and on Instagram, and I was so excited. And you can head over to my Facebook page and on my Instagram account to see that image. And so before we begin today, I just wanted to take a moment to thank my dedicated listeners, but especially, 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 I want to thank those of you who have taken three minutes out of your life to leave me an iTunes review. I'm not sure you realize, I don't think I ever realized the power of those reviews. They really do help in two ways. One, the more reviews that iTunes sees of a particular podcast, the more likely iTunes is going to reward that podcast by showing it to as many people as possible on their webpage. And two, when that happens, the more likely other people are going to tune in because they're going to see it. And when that happens... (laughs) the more likely people who are looking to get unstuck in their lives will have this weekly support and inspiration to do so. So I'm saying all of this because if you are a dedicated listener, if you are one of the three to 5,000 listeners that tune into this podcast every single month, I would be so grateful if you would take three minutes just to leave an iTunes review. And if you are stuck at all in not knowing how to do that, please email me. You don't need an iPhone in order to leave an iTunes review. I leave my iTunes reviews for the podcasts that I listen to on my Dell laptop. So please, please do consider leaving me a review. I will be announcing the winner for the free deck of consideration cards at the end of this month. Anyone who leaves an iTunes review is automatically entered into that giveaway. Okay, so I had a story to share with you today, a story I started to mention last week about my work and my response to a friend who asked me, how do you do it all? But Another stock story came up that I really wanted to share with you, and so I'm going to delay that episode for one more week. It is scheduled to be shared next week, and I thank you for your patience. So before I begin sharing, I'd like to read you an email that I received that was really perfect timing because it relates back to last week's episode, and I thought it was brilliant and important that I share with you, my listeners. If you haven't yet listened to last week's episode, please hit pause and tune into that one first, and then come back to this one. It's just going to make so much more sense. Okay, so this email comes from Rose, who is from New Jersey. She wrote, Dear Shira, Thank you so much for your episode on consider a more beneficial response. I think it's wonderful you can use the stuck method to reflect back on circumstances that didn't go as you wished so that you can revisit them and find healing from them. I hope it's okay that I'm writing to you with a few things that stuck out in my mind. I was thinking maybe others were having similar thoughts And I was hoping you may share my email on your podcast and respond to it. Here are my thoughts. One, you mentioned early on in the episode that you don't like politics and that if someone called you out on something that you didn't know about politics, you'd be okay with it. But what doesn't make sense to me is if that's true, why weren't you okay with your husband doing that? Didn't he do exactly what you just described hypothetically others may do, and that wouldn't bother you? If yes, why was your reaction different to him than it was to others? And two, I like how you considered a more beneficial response. I think that's valuable and commendable. And yet, I feel like you didn't really crack the stuck moment, if I may. I know you are the creator of this method, so forgive me for being so frank with you. But from what I heard, and I could be wrong, you were really stuck on anger about your husband making what you thought was a nasty comment. It seemed like you were stuck on that at the end of the episode too. You made a side comment about him making a stupid comment And while a more beneficial response seems like a good idea to me, unless you get unstuck from the anger you are feeling towards your husband, how could you make a more beneficial response in a whole and complete kind of way? I would really love to hear your thoughts on this. I listen to your podcast regularly and find myself growing and developing from it. I hope you don't get stuck on my questions. Fondly, Rose. So, first of all, thank you, Rose, for emailing me and sharing your thoughts about this episode. No, I am absolutely not stuck on your questions. I am actually very grateful for you for raising such important points, which is why I chose to share my responses on this week's episode. Regarding your first question as to why I responded differently to my husband doing an action that I would have if it were someone else, like a friend or a community member, I think my answer is because that's what happens with people that we live with, or that we're close with, or that we care about, or that we care how they think of us. They know how to push our buttons more than anyone else in the world. And I guess I reacted towards my husband in a disappointed kind of way because I care about him and I care about our relationship and I don't want him to think badly of me in any way at all. If an outsider would have remarked about my naivete regarding politics, I probably would have cared less because I wouldn't care about that person's opinions of me. I'm sure you can relate to this. If your spouse or your child or your parent or an in-law says something to you that pushes your buttons, you may react very differently if, let's say, I were to say the same exact thing to you. We just tend to act differently in the world towards different people. I think that's the natural tendency. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's what we tend to do. But I see your point and I think you're right. Had I not gotten stuck on my husband's remarks, I would have responded exactly as I would have towards someone else I have no relationship with. And in an ideal world, that's exactly how I would have responded. But of course, that's in the past now and there's nothing I can do about how I responded. The only thing I have the power to do now is to look back and learn from what happened and even engage my husband in a conversation about it, which I did that night. Regarding your second question, I think you're also on the money with that one. Yes, considering a more beneficial response is commendable, but if I'm still stuck on anger, then that's something that really needs to be processed through in order to get a resolution on this. This is something I teach in my stuck coaching certification course, that is, not to jump to considerations. You really need to make sure the source of the stuck spot is identified and fully investigated before you take on a new consideration. And you're right, I didn't really get unstuck from the anger or the disappointment or the frustration when I recorded last week's episode. I did get unstuck afterwards, but you weren't there to hear it. And so I'll share with you quickly now something else I uncovered and considered hours after I recorded last week's episode. I had mentioned that I believed my husband was being rude. This is actually a historic pattern I have, that is, believing that my husband is being rude whether it's to me or to other people. It's my perception of him. It's not conscious. It's just what my mind does on default. But when I speak to my husband about him being rude, he always responds the same way. He says to me, I'm not being rude. That's just how you perceive me. It's a shame that you see me that way. And so when I hear that, or I'm reminded of that I ultimately have a choice to believe him or not and the work I've been doing time and time again when I get stuck with him even though it takes time and practice to develop a new thought pattern is to respect him for who he is and for who he's not and that he's not trying to be rude that this is just his way. He would have said the same thing to anyone sitting in my seat. That's just his way of being. I truly believe that. If I don't believe it, I stay stuck and I suffer. If I believe him that this is just his way and he has no ill intent at all whatsoever, I don't stay stuck. In fact, I feel free Because I take the circumstance, which is what he said, his words, and I remove my thinking that I place on top of that circumstance, and then I'm left with nothing. It's just his words that don't need to impact me in any way at all. And so I'm free. That is what I finally uncovered and took on as a consideration that my husband didn't really mean to be rude or attack me. He was just being the way he is. And actually, being the way he is, is always an opportunity for me to look at myself and practice responding in a more beneficial way. If I'm being honest, yes, there's a part of me that hates that I'm not so adept with politics. I don't like that part of me. And so when he makes his remarks, it hurts. Not because he hurts me, but because I choose to believe what he says. The hurt, the anger, the disappointment in myself about not being knowledgeable about politics, that comes from within me, not from him. If I didn't hold that belief about myself, his remark wouldn't have hurt the way it did. And I recognize that. It took me more time and more journaling to get to that understanding, but I did. And I'm grateful that I did, and grateful you wrote to me with your questions. Rose, thank you so much for listening, and I wish you the best on your continued work with Getting Unstuck. So I wrote Rose an email back, and I'm sharing my responses to her here. And I wanted to let you know, my dear listeners, that I actually know Rose. In fact, I know her really well. I probably know her better than anyone else in the world. And that's because I am Rose. I wrote that letter to myself. I wrote an email to myself, I sent it to myself, writing it to Shira and signing off as Rose. Now, That may sound super weird, but I did it without thinking twice because I wasn't thrilled with how I handled last week's story. And I wanted to let myself know in total honesty and in total transparency. I wanted to hold myself accountable for some missing pieces in that last episode. And so I thought doing it formally by actually writing myself a letter would be best. By the way, when I was born, I was given a Hebrew name, Varda, which means Rose. And I'm originally from New Jersey. And that's why I signed it Rose. And you know what? I found that exercise to be really healing. I actually found that writing myself a letter as if I were writing it to somebody else allowed myself to be free and honest with my thoughts and my feelings. And then being on the receiving end of this letter, I read it as if it didn't come from me, as if it really came from a listener. And that allowed me not to go on the defensive, but actually to stay open to the feedback that I received. And then I took the letter as an opportunity to digest it and think about it and share my thoughts which really felt awesome. It's very hard for me to explain this experience in words. But here's what I would like to leave you with. I challenge you to consider writing yourself a letter, whether it's handwritten, or it's in an email format. I actually think a handwritten letter could be really cool. And you know, it'll take a few days for you to receive it. So you won't really know exactly when you'll receive it, like you would if you send yourself an email, which is instantaneous. But anyway, I challenge you to send a letter to yourself about something in your life where you're not 100% complete or happy with. Maybe it's how you're showing up in the world, or how you're responding to things going on around you. When you write, try to be as objective as possible, as if you are writing as a friend who is trying to show you what he or she is viewing as their perception. Be gentle, but be truthful and honest. When you receive the letter, try to stay open and loving, and see the words you read as an opportunity for growth and change rather than staying stuck in what you could otherwise view as negativity. Every obstacle in life is an opportunity for a breakthrough, and for the turning of a new page. You may even choose to write a note in return. I realize this may seem really weird to some of you, but all I can say is, consider it I have never done this before in my life, and it was a powerful exercise for me. I'm really glad I did it, and I'm glad that I can share it with you. If you do end up writing yourself a letter, I would love to hear from you. Okay, my dear friends, that is all for this week. Next week, I look forward to sharing with you an insider's view of my business and my response to my friend who asked me, How Do I Do It All? Wishing you a great rest of your week. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck with you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Getting Unstuck podcast. For more information on programs, workshops, and retreats, check out our website, www.shiragura.com.